I found that I was asking the wrong questions, the wrong questions that so many of us ask. And uh, when she asked me, who do you want to become? I didn't have an answer. I did not have any idea. I'd never thought about it. And one of the guys like, it's us. And that was the exact moment where the entire room realized that they were the problem. We look the problem in the face usually twice a day. First thing in the morning when we brush our teeth and when we go to bed before we brush our teeth. We've got hey, I'm Luis. And this is Luis. And welcome to the I Content is Profit Podcast. In here, you're going to get the insights, accountability, and drive to create consistently and increase revenue. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators, and anything and everything you need to know about content. All this while having a good time. The goal of this podcast is simple. Entertain, educate, and turn your content into profit. Let's go. Welcome back to Content is is profit fancy what are we talking about today guys today we are talking i'm, I'm scrolling down to the headline actually <laughs> i love the headline right here we are talking about who do you want to become grow a winning fierce and empathic mindset oh baby i know this is a conversation that we have many many times with people that are starting to publish or they're already publishing at some degree but obviously we're going to frame this in the business sense also we're going to apply it to content to your personal life I cannot wait to bring this up. Uh, the warning disclaimer, there might be some tears. Who knows? I, don't know. I feel like this, bro, this is a question. I'm telling you, I, I, I've said a uh, hundred times during the podcast, the universe provides the conversations that you need to have at the right time, right moment. And I feel like this is a question I've been battling with, you know, in the last couple of days. You know, I've, two days ago, I had a conversation with your coach, Katie, and I was like in tears. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Cha uh, no pro no promises. No, it's not a challenge. <laughs> I'm just saying, I I'm just setting the scenario for an, an honest and open conversation. That's right. Guys, if you are enjoying this show every single week, go ahead and follow it. Download those episodes and provide any feedback if you have good, but it's okay. Uh, on social media, at Roscoe. That is right, guys. And if today's guest helped you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode and, and leave a five-star review. So second guest of 2023, and I hope you are ready. <laughs> oh, I lost the intro. There we go. <laughs> that is right. Today's guest has been in over 100 stages, has over 500 social media followers, and is ready to turn you into the best you you can be. <laughs> Not just that, but he's a former head trainer for Tony Robbins. He has done over 10 million macaroons in sales, and he has trained leaders in over 40 countries. Ooh, this guy's insane. Please welcome the one and only David Walden. <laughs> What's up, fam? How are we doing today? Hey. Oh, we're doing good now that you're here, David. What's up, man? <laughs> Dude, you guys, I, I'm <laughs> I'm already having a blast. Let's Nobody's go. A blast yet. What, what, what are you doing? I know it's like already so much has happened in four minutes. Fonzie about to cry. We lost the intro. What's happening? You know, it's a, it's we're, a, we're gonna it's take a, him up on that challenge. I, I feel like that was a challenge. I, I, I don't think it was a challenge. You know, but it's okay. <laughs> David, in, in your, your whole like serving others, right? You probably encounter these like moments of like deep realization and like coming to be completely honest with yourself, right? Uh, not just you, yeah. but like the people that potentially that like you come in and, and help. And for us personally, like the road of publishing, the road of going and sell something that you build and you create alone, it, it comes with a lot of that, right? So like, do you remember like specific scenario where you're like, wow, like either your first like breakthrough uh, or something that you really remember, you're like, I'm actually, this is my anchor, right? Like, can you, can you tell us some of that? 
Yeah, my biggest anchor in in just transitioning my entire experience of life was was a very simple question. I actually had a mentor ask me. She had invited me to uh, to actually do kind of like a beta coaching program she was developing for um, for a Fortune 100 company, and she came to me and she said, "David, I have to have five case studies for this coaching program. It's going to be a three hundred thousand dollar coaching program. I want to give it to you for free." Mm. And I was like, "Excuse me." <laughs> And she said, but here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to work together over the course of the next three to six months. And we're going to have to have regular meetings and everything. And at one of those meetings, I was dealing with a lot of identity crisis. I was working 60, 70, 80 hours a week, full-time in corporate. I had transitioned and worked up to scale. At that point, I had a proven track record in sales. Um, and uh, became a top 1% producer in a $400 million a year company. And what was really interesting is that I never felt like a salesperson. I, I'm not I'm not one of those guys that's trying to use tactics and strategies and like the closing method methodologies and use the right script. What I always led with was just genuine questions because my biggest concern when I would go into a potential client interaction is, is I need to know more information about this person to make sure that what I want to sell them is actually the best solution for them. And so so I would go into every single client interaction focused on the other individual, not focused on what I was trying to sell, just focused on what what they uh, what their problems were and what they were dealing with. And so she like lovingly confronted me or having lunch at this little Mediterranean restaurant eating shawarma and a bunch of food I can't pronounce. It was delicious. And she looked me at, at the, across the table at me and she said, um, she said, David, who do you want to become? And it was the first time that I had ever actually felt like I heard someone ask that question. It was different than all the questions I had been asking and that many of us have been conditioned to ask, which is, what do I need to do to fix my business? What do I need to do to fix my relationship? What do I need to do to fix my life? What do I need to do to actually fix the areas that I want to change in my life? And what happened in that process was really uh, it was really interesting because what happened in the process was I found that I was asking the wrong questions, the wrong questions that so many of us ask. And uh, when she asked me, who do you want to become? I didn't have an answer. I did not have any idea. I'd never thought about it because especially for those of us that grow up as kids, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Right? Like some kids get asked, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? But most often the orientation of the questions we're asking is, what do I need to fix what's broken? What do I need to do? What do I need to do to, you know, to lose the 50 pounds? What do I need mm. to do to fix the relationship with my spouse? What do I need to do to be a better parent? What do I need to do? What do I need? And in my opinion, is there's a lot of do's in there. It's a bunch of do-do because it's the wrong <laughs> first question to ask. If we can recognize when you start to define, and that's where the shift started for me, because it felt like an impossible task. When she asked me, who do you want to become? I was, I have no idea. I have no idea. Mm. And what I realized through that process is that I had never even given myself permission to define that. A lot of it came from these beliefs that I carried my entire life is that, and it was God's, God's the one who's supposed to tell me what I'm supposed to do with my life, right? And regardless of anyone's you know, religious or beliefs or anything like that, many of us have been conditioned to believe like our identity comes from outside of ourselves. And so when she asked me that question, every single part of my life shifted in that moment. Mm. Uh, by the way, I think, like you said, Fonzie, like the these conversations come at the right time. And not, not only because of the people that we've been having conversations with, but also us, right? Like I remember very vividly a moment where, 
uh, this is way before I decided to invest in, in coaching and people like that direct access to somebody that actually tells you as it is. Uh, mm -hmm. But I remember we our identity was so tied to playing soccer. Like we played soccer all life. We, you know, we played in yeah. Europe. We came here. We were D1 athletes, right? Fonsi played in a professional team for a few months, right? So like that was our life. And then that mm -hmm. ended very abruptly, right? It was like, it's not, it was not by choice. It was different things, this, different scenarios. And, uh, and then you're like, well, what now, right? Like we have our, our entire life ahead. This is like for the last 20, 21 years, this is what we worked on. And uh, it was really challenging, right? And it's, it, it, that was a state that lasted a few years. And I think there's still elements of that um, in, in both of us. But I remember watching a specific video. It's like, if you, if, if you don't know what to do, start trying different things. And for me, that made, that, that did it at the time. I was like, and I was like, okay, uh, uh, I know that I don't want to go and work in an office, in a corporate environment. I don't, I don't like that. So I started with the things that I didn't like. And then I was like, I think I like this. And I went and tried it and ended up working for a fitness studio, I ended up, you know, managing teams. I ended up li liking that process, but then I didn't like the industry. So I moved for a different industry to do something something similar, right? So to me personally, that was like the path, right? Mm -hmm. But it was, that video kind of gave me that permission to be like, oh, I can actually go and try different things. And I think that I personally have applied that in, in many ways. Is that similar to like, uh, you know, do you specifically, how do you get to your answer, right? And I think I, I'm personally still in that path, right? Like what we're building, the thing, like we had this conversation yesterday where it's like, to me, my head is, is a 10 year vision, 15 year vision, this is a step mm -hmm. in that direction, right? But how do you yeah. get to to that spot? Do you actually know? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's a framework that I've actually developed through that process. I call it the fierce empathy framework, and it's really a step by step process for answering those challenging questions uh, around identity, around confidence, around what we do and how we show up and how we carry ourselves. Because for me, what ended up happening was I. Uh, as I mentioned, I was working 70, 80, 90 hours a week. Uh, I, over the course of a year, my wife and I went through a miscarriage. I had a $40,000 pay cut and I ended up sitting in the conference room across from the bosses. Uh, if you've ever seen like the movie, you know, the little guys on one side and the big dogs are on the other side. I, I lived through that moment and I had them look at me and, and belittle me and tell me that the, you know, I was cursed at, I was told the only reason that I was still at that company would, was because I was too much of a financial asset. They were not mm. in a position to lose me. That was the only reason I was there is because I was a money-making machine for them. Wow. And so that, that chaos and pain and betrayal and difficulty, because the reason I was even there was because I had came out talking about some things that were going on behind the scenes that I felt like were unethical and immoral and wrong. And it backfired. It backfired big time. And so that was kind of a reality check, which is what for most people to transition in life, to transform, there's two things that there's one of two things that have to happen. One is involuntary pain or one is voluntary or two is voluntary pain. Involuntary pain is probably a lot like what happened with you guys in your, your football career, soccer career. Thank you for calling it, it, it the right the right way. <laughs> I got you. I got you, fam. I know I know what it is, the real thing, right? And so what ended up happening is that there was a series of events where you were just confronted with the re reality of not being able to continue that road. It was involuntary. You may have, you wanted to, but you couldn't. Mm -hmm. How that shows up in people's lives is they get the phone call from the doctor saying they've got six months to live. They get a letter in the mail from a divorce attorney and their wife's no longer there. They find out that they just lost their job. Mm. 
Those are the involuntary reality checks, these wake up calls that everyone does experience at different times. But what's really interesting is that I discovered you can actually manufacture that same thing for yourself through which I call voluntary pain or voluntary discomfort. And that is where we choose to do the things we don't feel like doing mm. for long enough that we create new neural pathways in our brain, which research has proven and demonstrated. We can literally rewire our brains. We commit to the process of discomfort, of embracing the discomfort and pushing through. We start with dedication. It develops into discipline and it becomes devotion. When we do that, our identity change mm. changes. We no longer are running because we have to exercise. We're running because we're runners. We're no longer entrepreneurs because we have to provide. We are entrepreneurs because we have a mission to change hearts and lives around the world. We're not, not just a parent because we have kids and have to parent. It's an identity shift that happens where this and the guys that I run with, this is what we say. This is who I am. Mm. So this is what I do. It doesn't matter how I feel. And so the reason I mentioned that is that there is a systematic way to transform any area of your life. The reason that most people don't do it, though, is because they're looking for easy, they're looking for quick, they're looking for pain-free. They want something that's certain, they want something that's guaranteed, they want something that, that isn't going to make them feel uncomfortable. And the reality of life is this, is that we see it in nature, we see it in business, we see it in, at every, every level. Mm. You are not going through the process of becoming uncomfortable, taking risks, subjecting yourself. This is that voluntary pain that I'm choosing to go to the gym every day, even though I don't freaking want to, yeah. right? When we choose that, our identity starts to shift. It's not just our actions and what we're doing. It becomes who we are. And that's why I always talk about you never stop becoming in every mm -hmm. single area. Yeah. Interesting. I just... uh. I just finished reading both of David Goggins' book, and I know a lot of people are not famous of David Goggins, and you know, uh, but like he says, he's not preaching like he, he's not preaching like health in there because obviously he's like going out and crushing his own health. Yeah. But uh, something that I found interesting is when he was talking about running, he said, I don't run because I want to be fit, but it was mostly because he wants to dominate his mindset and you know whether you have yeah. or you haven't read david goggins book it's all about mindset for him yeah. right and he said mm -hmm. he would consistently ask himself why the heck am i doing this but then he'll still go out there and do it right i think it, that talks to that involuntary involuntary uh discomfort that you're talking about and personally yeah. oh go ahead I was going to say that one of the things that I love about people like David Goggins and about this conversation is that um, a lot of times it, the fact of the matter is people, all of us are struggling with something in some given area. And most people are looking to outside sources to help solve those problems. They're looking at the government. They're looking at, you know, their boss. They're looking at, you know, uh, any number of things to try and solve the problems. And really, uh, we look the problem in the face usually twice a day. First thing in the morning when we brush our teeth and when we go to bed before we brush our teeth, we look in the mirror and we look at ourselves and th that's the problem, but it's also the solution. And for me, that awareness that what I wanted to interject here, that awareness came uh, when I had been driven to the end of my rope and I had that conversation. I found myself with my wife and daughter, my newborn daughter gone and me standing in the bathroom, holding a Glock, looking in the mirror about to end it saying, I can't live this way anymore. I was 60 pounds heavier than I am right now. Mm. 
I was having suicidal ideation constantly, anxiety, depression. I had won the American dream. I had the glass corner office, the company car, the company credit card, the six-figure salary. I had the house. I had all of it. I had fought for what I believed to be this quote unquote American dream only to wake up and realize that it was an absolute nightmare because I had become this version of what everyone else said that I should be. And so there was no, there was no quantify. I mean, there's some quantifiable success, but not success to me because I didn't define my success that way. And there was definitely no fulfillment. And so when I talk about these challenges that people have to face, like it's, it's real. And it's not something, it's just theory. This process that you can go through, it, it's also not just conjecture or just when people say things like mindset, that's where I was going with this, is that some people think that mindset is just this ambiguous thing. It's like, oh yeah, fix your mindset, be a positive thinker. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a start, but that's not it. There is a proven scientific way to literally change who we are as human beings when we can understand the power of programming and neural pathways in the brain, which lead to our habits, which mm, cause us mm, to do the things that we're doing over and over and over again, self-sabotaging. It's why we always snooze. It's why we're always late. It's why we eat the same foods. It's why we interact with our spouse a certain way. These are all things that are literally just habitual patterns based on neurons traveling down a pathway in the brain that they have proven you can literally change and become a completely different human being. If y'all met me five years ago, mm -hmm. you would not recognize relative to who I am today. You would not know who I was. You would not say it was the same person. I'm sure very similar to you guys, people could ask the same of you and you've experienced, we all experience it to some degree, but you can amplify and expedite that process at a rapid pace to where you can literally transform your mind somewhere between 21 21 days and 90 days. They've proven it. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, it, real quick. Um, it sounds like you were kind of like at a point of no return when, you know, when you were in that scenario in front of the mirror that mm -hmm. you described, right? Uh, yeah. And I'm curious, like what, what thoughts run through your mind that told you, let me keep going. Let me try something different. Was it at that exact moment? Um, You know, I, I, th I think that's that's important for people that might feel that they're, you know, yeah. obviously if they're if they're feeling in any like let's say suicidal mm -hmm. way, like go seek help, yeah. definitely 100%. Um, but also, what are maybe those thoughts that they can hold on to and you know keep pursuing like a way out of that that darkness? It's a great question. The reason that I don't want to take it too too dark and deep is because I want people to understand that even people like us that love to laugh and have fun and dance and sing and do all, like uh, many times it's a facade. And many times it's not like people don't know what's really going on inside. Mm -hmm. And I used to be the guy that was always smiling, always laughing, always having fun and happy. But inside I was just like, you know, oftentimes the people that are dealing with it the most, they have a very, they got a very good <laughs> mask relative to what's going on. And the reason I talk about this so much is because as I have worked over the years and, and the clients that I serve and the, the stages that I've been on, the individuals, I'm, I'm the guy that they come to me afterwards and they look me in the face. And they're like, they're like, dude, I can't let anybody else know this. And they break down crying and I'm standing there shoulder to shoulder, holding them in a hug because what everyone thinks they are is not really what's going on inside. And so the thoughts for anyone that's dealing with this type of stuff, what for me, what happened was a combination of a few things. Number one, I believe it was God that he divinely intervened in the situation. Uh, number two is I had chosen 
to submit myself to an individual, my mentor at the time of saying, I'm willing to grow, expand and learn. And I need your help. I don't, I can't see what I can't see. I'm on the field playing, right? When you play football, you're on the field playing and your coach has a different perspective. Yeah. He can see things from the sideline that you can't see. And so when you run over and you're grabbing a drink, he's going to say, Hey, watch that. Uh, watch, watch that left midfielder. He keeps pushing up. He keeps pushing up. He keeps pushing up. He's going to catch you. He's going to catch you. On, right. There are things that you can't see when you're in the game. And so I had, fortunately, enough of an understanding that I couldn't do this by myself, that I had her in my corner, as well as a, a circle of brothers and some friends that, that I, hold me accountable to the man that I said that I would be. But as I was standing there, the thought that went through my head as I was praying was r- reminding me of something that happened a few weeks prior. I was driving down the road. I had a panic attack on 80 miles per hour down the interstate. I pulled over and I, I like every word in the book, like every profane word, I cursed God. I was, I was so angry because I felt like I had done everything right. So why does my life look like this? I had gone to school to become a pastor, y'all. I had like, I understood like I, what it looked like to work with people and to, to help people through challenging things and to heal and to go through this process. And it was one of the things that while I was driving down the road, I had this panic attack. I'm screaming bloody murder at God. I'm like pounding my fist into the steering wheel, completely broken as a man being like, why did everyone lie to me and say, this is what you have to do to be happy when I, that this is not it. Mm. I had, I had one from all, all metrics, according to what everyone says you're supposed to do to win, buy the house, get married, have a kid, get a six figure job and you can live the American gene. It's BS. And I realized that because I had not been true to who I believed that God had called me to be. So as I'm screaming at him, I hear three words. And this was a couple of weeks prior to me ending up in the bathroom. I hear three words and he says, I love you. And I just break. I start weeping. I'm, I'm supposed to be at a client's house doing a sales pitch and I'm sitting on the edge of the interstate and cars are going by me 70, 80 miles per hour. And I'm weeping into my steering wheel saying, I cannot live this way anymore. I can't be this type of husband that I've been to my wife of not present, disconnected, emotionally disengaged. I cannot be this type of father to my daughter where every time I show up and I want to hold her, I'm just thinking about all my problems and all the bills stacking up and all these things. I can't be this type of leader who's insecure, who walks around just trying to make sure that I'm people pleasing and I don't want anybody to misunderstand. I needed something different. So as I'm standing there in the bathroom, I was reminded of those three words, I love you. But then I heard something else. I'm looking in the mirror. And I hear what I believe to be God. It's like, buddy, I can't fix this. Only you can. Because I've given you a head and a heart and you're not using them. I love you. But you're going to have to decide. You're going to have to commit. And you're going to have to become if you want to change this. Because you are the problem. And you are the solution. I will come alongside you. I will help you. I will walk with you. I am your father. I love you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. But you have to put in the work required. And I remember setting it down and I walked into the living room. And it was in that moment where I looked at my health, my relationships, my business, my financial situation, my career. And I said, I'm going to start to give myself permission to define what these things will be like. I'm not going to live reactionary to life anymore. I'm going to happen to life rather than life happening to me. Mm. 
And over the years to follow, I lost 60 pounds. I became uh, the husband and father that I always wanted to be. I built uh, multiple successful businesses. I ended up becoming, like you said, speaker and trainer for Tony Robbins, 100 plus stages. I've completely transformed every area of my life. And guys, this was this was four and a half years ago yeah. that I had this moment. Mom, we, thank uh, you for sharing, first of all. Yeah, appreciate it, uh, especially when we're in a platform, right? It's not, it's not easy. And I, I have a, a couple of questions there, but I appreciate, and I'm sure you've, yeah. you've, you've helped so many people just by sharing that story, which is very, very powerful. I remember, well, one quote that has been like stuck to my head this whole week and uh, it, it, it came to me, I guess, in a sense, because we're, we're talking about this topic, right? This topic has been very present in the last, mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks and the famous saying, like, I gotta see it to believe it. Right. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then it's like, what if I, w- I, I, I need to believe it to see it. And, uh, I came, I came back to, to my wife that night and I was like, Hey, what do you think about this? And I, and I tweeted it and, uh, she's like very opposite of me. Right. So, uh, I'm more, <laughs> I am more like, Hey, you know, uh, we believe it. We create, we create it first in here and then it's going to happen right in, in our heads. We create it first in our heads and then we, it's happening. And, yeah. and to me, like, that's how I personally, I flipped it. Right. Um, yeah. I don't think there was a, a second part to it. And that has been stuck in my head completely. And then I saw a clip. I don't know if you know who Chris Doe is. Uh, I love Chris Doe yeah, so much. Chris, so <laughs> he, he's a, he's a content prophet, you know, graduate as well. He was on the show a few episodes back. But uh, I saw a clip recently this week where he's giving this mastermind with all the designers, right? And they talk about pricing and breaking like old beliefs and all these amazing things, right? And the yeah. clip starts with him uh, saying like, wow. It really, it really got dark. It's quiet. Mm-hmm. And he's describing the room, right? He's in the room and everybody's like looking down, right? They're all, they're all, they all look sad in a way. It's like, you, you guys want to know why it got this dark? Mm. And one of the guys like, it's us. And that was the exact moment where the entire room realized that they were the problem, right? Mm. That they yeah. needed to go and realize it. And I thought it was such a powerful clip and hopefully we can find out, put it here, uh, but again, it's all on. Here's the challenge though with that. I don't mean to interrupt. The challenge is that what I don't want it to be conveyed, because I know that this is around content. We want to look at the bigger theme. Of, and this is the reason I'm driving into this is because this is affecting every single person listening to this podcast and how you're showing up in your content. Because there's yes. a lot of insecurity. There's a lack of confidence. There can be a lack of vision. There's a lack of certainty and assertiveness. And, um, and and sometimes we even mask with vulnerability. We go too far on social media and we share stuff that that really you should be sharing with like your brothers, your sisters close. And, and what I know people are trying to do is they're trying to serve. They're trying to help. They're trying to inspire. Maybe they're trying to grow a business. Maybe they're trying to build a brand. But at the end of the day, where you have to be careful with this whole ownership thing of recognizing I'm the problem and I'm the solution is that most of us default to guilt and shame and beating the hell out of ourselves Mm -hmm. because we see where we're messing up. And that is not what has to happen. We have to simultaneously bring ourselves to a place where like, I love who I am. I respect myself. I honor and value who I am right now, but I am going to create the structure to lean into who I said that I would be in my health, in my relationships, in my business, in my content, in how I interact with my wife and how I interact with my kids and how I interact with all people, I'm going to align myself. And where people make the mistake when they, when they really take on that mantle of saying, yeah, I'm the problem 
is they go too far, right? They go so far and to start beating themselves up and thinking, well, if I would have done this, or if I should have done this, or I, if I could have had that opportunity, we start taking on a victim mindset, a victim mentality. And the truth is, is I, I love what you said there is when we can own our own it as we're the problem and the solution, but we can do it from a place of kindness, of self-empathy, mm. of compassion, of just really looking at ourselves as if we were looking at our best friend and saying, bro, you didn't know. You didn't know what you know now. Mm. You're good. Just decide today. Like the past is gone. Yeah. It's over. It's gone. It's done. The future ain't here yet. All you have is today. So who are you going to be today? And when you can help people come to that place and instead of getting stuck in that ish of being like, oh, I'm failing in this and this and this, and where people really beat themselves up, that's what the, the one little caveat I wanted to, to include in there is to be careful when you take ownership, it's healthy, it's beautiful, but you also have to be very kind and gentle with yourself because this is, it's, it can be heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely see it as a double-edged sword, you know, you know, in a, I feel like lately I've been a little bit in, in, in there as well. Right. And, um, I had a very similar comment by, you know, by my brother's coach, you know, about that. Uh, she referred to, to, to it as like the mental masturbation of ownership and then, you know, feeling guilty and on all that shame and, you know, just talking negatively to yourself. So, yeah. you know, you say you experienced all that about four or five years ago and, yeah. You know, I, I, I kind of want to transition into what has happened after that, you know, so actually we can yeah. paint the picture on, on people's minds. And, you know, I think those stories help people dream as well. And like, you know what, like I can actually do this too. I can change as well. Um, so how, how were those first steps on getting out of that, on changing? Because I'm sure it wasn't uh one day commitment i'm gonna change the next day you're running uh, an ultra or you're you know yeah, the Spartan race. You know, snap my fingers and life change right, yeah, right? <laughs> so so how was that battle for you yeah it, it's it's uh it's one of the hardest battles anyone will have to face and this is why i encourage people don't don't do this alone if you can help it right um because what what ends up happening is you start to really come to terms with uh with integrity is that most people are pretty good about maintaining their word to other people and saying, Hey, you know, if, if like, if I was to agree with you, Fonzie, and I said, Hey brother, if we're going to go to the gym, like, are we in agreement accountable? We'll, we'll meet at the gym every morning at 6am. Right. If I know you're coming, I'm going to get my butt out of bed. because I don't want to let you down. Yeah. But when it's just me by myself saying, I'm going to get out of bed and go to the gym at 6am. We lie, 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 lie to ourselves. We, we break our word to ourselves all the time. And so my biggest encouragement for anyone is you need support. You need somebody in your corner. This can be a brother. It can be a sister. It can be a friend. It can be someone who, who will really hold you accountable that there's enough trust and rapport there. That's why I believe in coaching. That's why I believe in mentorship so much, not only for my own life, but in what I get to do is we can't force accountability. But Lewis, you or Fonzie, if either of you were to go to someone and say, hey, I'm giving you permission to hold me accountable, that's a whole different ballgame. It's saying this is the standard of who I said that I would be. Yeah. This is what I'm going to create in my life. And if I fall below that standard, you have permission to call me back up to that standard. Call me out and say, hey, 
dummy. <laughs> this is not who you said you were going to be, right? And so the process, what I would say for people, uh, I, I would simplify it down to this. The first thing that I did that, that my mentor actually had me do, she said, I want you to write out your perfect day. And she said, I want this to involve every aspect of a normal day. You can't say, well, I'm going to go to Disney World all day. No, she, she said a normal, <laughs> perfect day, right? Where from the moment you wake up, what is your morning routine like? What's your breakfast look like? What's your time with your family look like? What are your habits? You journaling, reading, meditating, prayer. What does that look like? And what is your morning, like, what does your work day look like? What does your lunch look like? What does the afternoon look like? What would be your perfect day? And I remember that she had me do this and this started helping me to understand, okay, if I'm going to step into that reality, there's a lot that has to change in here. There's a lot that has to change inside of my heart and how I see myself, how I carry myself, what I believe, what I think, who I'm associated with, the skills yeah. that I have. I have a severe deficit that I need to work on, right? And that, again, is why you have to be careful. You're going to see the deficit. Just don't beat yourself up. Just say, okay, I'm glad I recognize this is useful. This is, I need to grow here. I need to get better here. And when I started to define that perfect day, the second exercise that, that she had me do and she said, I want you to write down everything you're dissatisfied with in your life. Everything. Don't leave anything out. Every single thing you are dissatisfied with. And then she said, on the other side of the paper, I want you to write the exact opposite. I was like, okay, that's interesting. She said that the exact opposite, which I, I think one of you said that you guys started to do, right? You're starting to write the opposite out. You write out that exact opposite. And the exact opposite isn't necessarily who you want to become, but it will give you an indication. Mm -hmm. If you're saying, like, one of the things I'm dissatisfied with is that I'm 20 pounds overweight. Well, what's the opposite? Well, the opposite would kind of be like, well, I, I'm not 20 pounds overweight. Okay, so what does that look like with specificity? Is that who you want to be? Right now, I'm dissatisfied with, say, say you're not, um, there's not as much intimacy in your marriage as you want. Okay, this is what I want instead. And you make a list of, okay, here's where I'm dissatisfied. Here's what I want instead. Mm -hmm. And when you start to look at what you want instead and that list that you're creating, you start asking this one simple question. What type of person has that in their life? What type of person embodies this, emulates this, lives this every single day? And that was one of the things that I learned is that, uh, and I honor you guys for having uh, having coaches in your life because what I do is I'm always looking for, and this is what has led to an incredible marriage that I have with my wife. If we went through a lot of stuff and you know, I have breakfast, lunch, and dinner with my kiddos and my wife every single day. It is a non-negotiable for me. Unless I'm traveling, speaking, something like that, it is a non-negotiable. And the reason being is because I know the father now that I want to be, yeah. and I'm operating as him now. I know the husband that I wanted to be, and I'm him now. doesn't mean I'm not improving, and I've got a lot of stuff. I, I got funk, y'all. Yeah. We all do, <laughs> right? I got stuff I'm working on. But what I found really powerful in this process is that if you can outline your perfect day and dream, and you can look at where you're dissatisfied and what you want instead, you'll start to be able to formulate a plan that says, okay, if I want to be this type of person and this is who I want to become, what you see is that what you need to do to step into that becomes crystal clear. And that goes back to the first part we were talking about. So many people are asking, what do I need to do? It's not that that's not a useful question. It's just the wrong first question, in my opinion. The first one is who do you need to become? so that these things are associated with your life. And so looking for people that have 60 year marriages, you go to them and you talk to them and say, what's the secret? What's the key? How did you make this happen? Right? Mm -hmm. 
You go to the parents who have, you know, kids that seem respectful and kind and understanding and, you know, confident. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing with your kids? Like, help me learn, right? This is what the premise of coaching and mentorship is, is in business, right? If your business isn't where you want it to be, it's like you go to someone who's winning in business and say, hey, speaking or uh, podcasting, creating content. That's why you guys are so powerful. I, can, I know that there are people listening here. They watch and listen to your content. And they're like, like, I just want to be like these dudes, right? <laughs> And if you're listening right now and you want to be like these dudes, call them and say, I will pay you to help me. <laughs> right. That's the thing is that you look at people like Lewis and Fonzie and say, these men are crushing it in this area. I want a little more of that in my life. I don't want to be exactly like them. And you shouldn't. There shouldn't be a single person that you look at and say, I want to be exactly like them. But you should be able to find qualities and attributes in different people. And then you need to ask the question. How are they operating? What do they believe? What do they think? What are they doing that's different than me? And how can I align my life with that? Because they have the results that I want. And so it's no longer com competition. It's no longer, I feel like you're superior and I'm inferior saying, no, you've got something in your life that I admire. And if you've got it, that means I can have it too. I'm not here to take it away from you or to compete with you. I'm just saying, if you've got an extraordinary marriage, then I want to know how you did that because I want an extraordinary marriage too, right? Yeah. yeah. Dude, David, that has been incredible, very powerful. Uh, did, did we cry, Fonzie? No, I, I, I was thinking, I feel we had, uh, I wish we had some like fire animation to see. <laughs> it's like, like coming yeah. out of here. Yeah. Uh, it starts at the bottom right now. It's like the whole screen. Yeah, that was absolutely um, amazing, man. Thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, I think it's funny because I, I hope that we didn't take it too deep. Uh, no, but this is no. just, you the, know. Hey, the conversation goes where where it needs to go, you know. That's right. You yeah. know, everything happens for a reason is always the best reason. So um I, I love this, right? Because obviously we've seen this in many ways. And I wanna I wanna bring it back to obviously the the creator and the entrepreneur or the the business owner, right? That is in this in this world, right? We all know today that our message has always been your company needs to become their own media company. And uh, these are a lot of fears and a lot of things that that, yeah. that that entrepreneur, that attractive character, right? The person that's gonna be in front of the camera will live and will be in front of it. Just this morning, I had a call with, with an amazing lady that she was like, hey, for seven months, I've been thinking about starting this thing, right? And and uh, a podcast or a platform. And yeah. we started digging, digging very deep, right? In, into some of these things and uh, her topic is a somewhat of a polarizing topic that she wants to put out there. And one of my questions was like, do you like, what do you expect to happen when people do not disagree with you? Or, you know, that that's, those are some things. And for us, the same thing, we're, we're not that we're talking like a crazy polarizing topic, but at the same time, there's going to be people that are not going to agree with us. Are we ready for that? Is the person that, you know, we're becoming is ready for that. There's a lot of work internally. If you want to publish that needs to happen, right? You go back to the typical the typical creators, right? The people that put co content on YouTube, on TikTok, on on Shorts every single day. They're probably going through a lot of stuff when they talk mm -hmm. about the haters. There's some stuff behind the behind the scenes that we don't look at, and uh, and hopefully everybody has a good support system like the one that you mentioned to be able to endure that. Right? Is what you're building worth it? Is the people that you're helping worth it? Is the people that you're serving with your message? worth it yeah. right and i hope the answers to that is yes uh you know that's why personally i feel like we have been very consistent with the show over you know almost 400 episodes that's why you have been so consistent with your publishing with the the things that you do and the people that you help so i encourage everybody right look inwards and start identifying these things i think i think you you left it with an amazing action point about writing out your perfect day 
you know, and uh, and and the task. So if people want to re-listen to that, is in minute thirty-one of the of Lewis, the of the live. Lewis, let me say one more thing real quick on this thought of what you're talking about. That, that it is going to be a little bit polarizing and will make people a little bit upset. And Do I it. hope it does in the Do right it. way. Um, and I believe this with everything in me. If you are struggling to publish content because of insecurity or lack of confidence, or you're worried about people misunderstanding you, and you're worried about, you know, people pleasing. In my opinion, it's one of the most selfish things on the planet to not push post because it's not about you. This is about the gift that you carry, the message inside of your heart, the mission that you are on. It's not about you. When your content becomes about you, you can tell, you can see it. You can see it in people's content. But the ones that are genuinely out there to serve and inspire and, and build up and to, to have challenging conversations and to ask tough questions and to share opinions that aren't accepted by everyone, those are the ones that are courageous. Those are the ones that are brave because they understand, hey, like it doesn't, if, you, if you're worried about people misunderstanding you, the fact of the matter is they're probably misunderstanding you now because if they did understand you, they'd be flocking to your business, wouldn't they? Mm. If they understood who you really were behind the camera, if they understood the core in and out of your business, if they understood what mission you were on and being a creator and sharing these things, they would be flocking to you. You'd have millions of followers if they understood you. But the problem is they don't understand you now. And the reason they don't understand you is because you're scared of being misunderstood by putting yourself out there but you're already being misunderstood. The only way that you can develop that know, like, and trust factor and to really, really serve people well is to remember this isn't about us. Yes, you're going to make money. Yes, you're going to be able to serve your family. Yes, you're going to be able to do incredible things. But at the end of the day, if your focus is solely on what you can get out of this instead of serving and empowering and building up other people and adding value to their lives, like you're not going to find fulfillment in your success. You'll be successful, I bet. You just won't be fulfilled. And I'm not about that life. But I, I guarantee you the people listening to this podcast, because I've heard you guys' heart, they're not those kind of people. They're the ones that are focused on serving, on empowering, on building up. They understand that content, yes, is profit. But at the end of the day, if you're not showing up, guess what that means? You're focused on yourself. You're worried about yourself. You're thinking about how, what other people will think about you. It's selfish to mm. not hit publish. There you go. That, my friends, is the golden boulder. Uh, we made it the first golden boulder of the year, guys. Uh, I mean, there were. There, I don't know what that is, but there, it sounds awesome. There were a lot of golden boulders in this episode. A golden boulder is the, like a golden nugget, but, just but, way bigger, just massive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, dude. Uh, I, by the way, we 100 percent agree, right? And yeah. that, like, that exact reason is why we decided to hit publish with this show and what keeps us driving uh, the platform. I honor you guys. I honor you. So thank you, brother, for, for coming. I don't know. I, I think we're wrapping up at the moment. Fonzie, any last thoughts? Uh, no, I just want to thank you for your honesty and, you know, being open about the struggles. I know it's not easy. And, I mean, we know you've been publishing and sharing your truth for a while, but I'm, I don't think it gets easier every time right but but i appreciate you just keep sharing it and, and helping people yeah how can people connect with you we're obviously going to leave the links right below in the description but for those listening right now where where can they get in contact with you 
Anybody can hit me up at David Waldy on any social media platform. And then I have a free gift I love to give away to. If you guys, you'd be cool if I mentioned the link. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, anyone can go grab it. It's called the Fierce Empathy Framework at www.fierceempathyframework.com. I have a self-coaching framework. If you are not working with a coach or a mentor and you want to work on this stuff for yourself and you really want to step into who you're saying you want to become, there's also a separate one. If you're a coach, if you're a consultant, if you're working with people, helping them transform areas of their life, uh, you can follow that framework in your own coaching methodology and, and steal some of that stuff if you want to that I think you'll find tremendously useful. But that's www.fierceempathyframework.com empathyframework.com. Otherwise, find me anywhere on social media at David Waldy. Sounds good, guys. Awesome. All you got to do is scroll down with that thumb of yours and just click the link and it's going to be there ready for you. Uh, Fancy's like, shut up, Luis. What are you no, talking no, about? No. <laughs> I think it's funny. Well, the last thing, thing I got to say, though, for anyone listening, for real, both of you, these two gentlemen that have this podcast, what I talked about before, what they're doing and pursuing their dream of serving people, of adding value to you, week in and week out with this podcast and what they do in their business. If you want more of what you see in them, you need to get on the phone with them. You need to hire these men to help you in the areas that they can help you. And you need to have those conversations. These men have been pouring their heart and soul, not only into their families and their business, but into you week in and week out. It's what they do for their clients. So the last thing I want to say is that if you've been on the fence and you've been listening to this podcast, call these gentlemen, find out how they can help you change whatever area you need to change. Cause I guarantee you they will. Wow. Thank you so much. Appreciate those kind of words. I have nothing else to say guys with that said, thank you so much for tuning into the contents profit podcast. Go ahead and follow the show on your favorite platform and on social media at Bees Bros Co. That is right. And if David here help you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode and, and leave a five-star review. Woo. See ya. Bye, guys.